Stand by to the floor in five, four, three, two, one. Coming to you live from the rich heartland of Altamont Springs, Florida, it's The Vic Show with Victor Bowers, brought to you by Super Channel WACX-TV. Take it away! Greetings! Greetings! Thank you. Vic Show. Vic Show, coming to you from beyond. From beyond. Vic Show. Hello. Welcome. Hello, ladies. Hello. Wonderful. Ah, there's our set with our gorgeous green floor. And opening up is a little bit of music from Daft Punk. Anybody remember that group or maybe not? No? Well, let me introduce it to you. Daft Punk. They're a French group from the 90s and just some really cool music. And I love this. Okay, I'll be quiet. No one needs play-by-play -play when it comes to music. You know, just listen to it. I got to learn that. Anyway. That, that's so you. That's violin language. I know. It's like... Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you will find... Yes, that's exactly what I was... Ah. Come on, ex-president Cam. Get out of the way. Okay. Come on. Hey. Hey. I'll arm move. in here dancing? Hey, or is it just me? Okay, there we go. Hey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, don't you love being a Christian? Because then you can, yes. You're free to dance. Free to dance. Uh, what kind of mood am I? I don't know. It's, uh, people, I've danced like David danced, and he danced with no abandon. He was fearless when he danced before the Lord. And that's the way we are to be. Vic Show viewer and friend, you there, us here. There's no separation in, in God's mind. We're together because we're together in his spirit. We're coming together in unity in the Holy Spirit because we're talking about Jesus. And that's the focus of Christian television. The focus of Christian preaching, Christian proclamation is telling you good news. Good news. Something has happened. Something is going to happen when we read in the scripture. And something is happening today. And for, so for the next few minutes, stick around because I'm going to talk about death. Woo, death. But in Christ, death and resurrection are linked in Christ. Christ has redefined death. Jesus the Christ, the one who came and did for us what we could not do. He reestablished God's connection to us, for us, something we were striving for in all of our attempts at humanity to rise above, because that's in every person, the desire to, to transcend oneself. That's Human creatures have that desire to be more than we are. We want to be our own gods. That's part of the risk God took when he gave us his image. It was a risky move for him, but he did it because he wants true relationship. And true relationship only happens in the context of where both parties have 
the option to reject or to love. So God put everything out there and he's had a rough time at it, but he hasn't given up. So you don't give up because he's not giving up on you. Okay. I know many, we're all going through hard times in some degree. Times are changing. Times are changing. And that's usually not what I talk about on the Vic show. I try to be encouraging and am going to be encouraging. And, but times are changing. The times we're living in are different than they were even four months ago. Things are changing in the world around us. Two years ago, who would have thought global pandemic? Now it's come and kind of fading away now, hopefully. But who would have thought to, you know, when the year 2020 hit, everybody had high hopes. 2020, the year of vision, the year of new vision, higher, greater. And then at the end of the year, it was a different world and it's changed. And I think we're going through another change now. And um, there's something going on. And so it's caused me to, it's pushed me, not pushed me, but, you know, Jesus said when he was speaking to the religious, the religious elite, he was admonishing them. He said, you can, you can read the weather. You, you know if it's going to be a good day or if it's going to be a bad day because you can read the signs in the sky. You can read the cloud meteorology. You know, we can read the weather. But he said, you can't discern the signs of the times. And he was telling them that in their era, first century Palestine, times were changing. And sure enough, that first century, you know, by the end of that first century, the world had changed. Jerusalem had disappeared. The religious system that they were all familiar with was no more. It had been wiped away by the Romans. So for us in this day and time, let's read the signs of the times and things are changing and read, read all the other news channels. But I'm telling you good news because God is a God over all of that and all of created order is under his control, his sovereign control. And it's a beautiful thing. And he works out his will in the lives of those who want to receive the gift. So hopefully you'll listen in and receive the gift that we're going to talk about today on the Vic show. And uh, there you go. I thought I was talking about Daft Punk music. Where did I end up with that? But such is the case with the Vic show sometimes. Show enough. Show enough. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, um, um, yeah, the, the Lord has just really been moving in my heart personally, personally, and has just brought me to a place of, um, well, let me just, t in my studies of in Bible study, where uh, I'm in a men's group and, and study the word, um, rather methodically, and I love it, and, um, and we're in the book of Matthew. And in the book of Matthew, in chapter 16, Jesus makes a statement. And as I was reading it, going through the regular weekly devotional study, a passage that I had read many times, um, I stopped on it. And the Holy Spirit really spoke to me, me personally, Victor. And, um, and, and really, I just started kind of zeroing in on this one passage in Matthew 16. Let's go ahead and, and um, turn our attention to Scripture. 
and uh, get started. <laughs> By the way, the reason we do that, and it, of course we're having fun on the big show and we use sound effects and things like that and lights, you know, television, it's a visual medium, you know, we try to be entertaining. We don't want you to turn the channel, we want to engage you. And um, so we use that music, that little harp music. It's a gimmick, people, it's a gimmick, okay? But gimmicks work. Gimmicks point beyond themselves. And I got this gimmick, I have to admit, I got that gimmick from the Episcopal Church, downtown Orlando. St. Luke's Episcopal, wonderful congregation, a beautiful facility, great leadership. I go to their, um, their Christmas Eve service every Christmas as much as I can. It's a wonderful service. But one thing I learned from them, the Episcopal Church, the, the, the denomination, that traditional denomination, is they have a procession of the clergy and of the, those who, it's, a, it's like a, I call it a parade, but it's a procession. But I, but it would, to me, it was fascinating. I grew up in an Assembly of God church, a Pentecostal church. We didn't have parades like that. <laughs> we danced, you know, around and stuff and raised our hands and shook and shivered. But um, the, the solemnity and the beauty, the reverence that I saw in this Episcopal church was really striking to me. And the music, and it's all, you know, it's all wonderful. And it's beautiful. And it's worshiping God. And so just it was a different it was a different experience of god and i loved it but they processed in the preachers and the pastors and the uh the the deacon or whoever was in the lineup the choir and some young people doing different things i'm sorry acolytes. acolytes and um but one thing that struck me and they even had banners representing the holy spirit flying around and it was just really a, a sensory they had the they had the um incense yeah they were, throw, they were wafting that. I mean, it just, I love it. To me, it just takes me to a different place. And I endorse it. And, uh, but they had, when they, when they walked in, they were carrying, a, it looked like a Bible. And it was held high over their heads. And um, it was walking in. And as it would walk down the center aisle of the, of the cathedral, all the congregants, us in the choir, us in the pews, I didn't know to do it, but people were bowing. They were bowing, and they weren't bowing to a person. They weren't bowing to that book. They were bowing to the scripture, the word of God. As it processed into the building, sacramentally, it processed in, and they were honoring the word of God by just lowering their heads in reverence. And I thought that was, that was something new. And I was just really captured by that because it is the word of God. You know, the, our Bible is the word of God. And in Christ, in Jesus, the word has become flesh. So anyway, let me play a little harrowing heart music when the scripture comes on. That's where it comes from. It's a long explanation, but just some takeaway, just to enrich your day. Okay, so then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. Crosses, as I've rehearsed in other programs, this is Jesus telling his disciples that if you're going to, if you're, if you're going to, if you want to be a part of what I'm doing, and they were, they were eager, eager to follow this young rabbi who was doing things unlike any other person. Um. And he had just said some different things. 
that were that were very perplexing to them. G- Peter had just realized that he was the Messiah. He is the he was the one that the the Jewish nation had been waiting for to deliver them from their oppressors. That was what was prophesied. They Peter had had discovered and confessed that he was the one and Peter was right. And, and Jesus acknowledged that and blessed Peter. And then Jesus turns around and starts saying some kind of dark cryptic thing, cryptic things. He says, we're going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to be abused and maligned and arrested by our own religious authorities. They're going to make me out to be a criminal against our faith, our religion. And they're going to crucify me, and I'm going to rise again. He gave them four points, but they could only hear the first three. There was no context in their mind for resurrection. Rising again, no one knew what that was. They didn't even hear it. So they were thrown off course. Peter was rebuked when he got in the way and said, Jesus, that won't happen to you. Jesus turned around and spoke to the spirit that was driving him in that moment, which was Satan, an anti-God spirit. Jesus dealt with it. And then he goes on to say, if you really are serious, because I know things are changing. Jesus was telling his disciples, just like things are changing now for us here and this year. He said, if you want to be my follower, if you really want to go this route, then you have to take up your cross and follow me. And this is one of the first times in scripture he mentioned that word cross. That word cross, that was a buzzword because everybody knew that crosses lead to death. That's the only function for a cross is for death. And so that's what he was telling them. And that's what the Holy Spirit was telling me. He said, Victor, take up your cross and follow me. And I thought, yeah, I'm doing, I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought I was doing that for many years of my life. But it's it's had a new resonance for me. And maybe for you too. That's what I want to share is that there are many of you watching the station and going to church and doing the, trying to do the right thing and doing the right thing and living, you know. But the, time, the world is changing. But what God wants to do in the world has not changed. It's become more intense. Those of us who are on this side of a pandemic and all, everything's been rattled. And now it's, to me, it's an exciting time where God is moving in the lives of people in a way I've never experienced. And God's doing some house cleaning and it can be painful. But in that, he's making us stronger and better. And those who are willing to take up their cross and die a little bit every day will benefit. (laughs) It's not an easy call. It's a call to death. But in Christ... It's a call to death that leads to resurrection. Let's go, Nathan, to Luke. I like how Luke, the Gospel of Luke, presents the same passage. Luke, uh, again, a little bit of back history. Mark, you know, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark is the first one written. It's the earliest of the four Gospels written. And then the other three Gospels, and predominantly uh, Matthew and Luke, uh, the synoptic, there are three synoptic gospels and there's John. Um, they pull from Mark. So you'll oftentimes see the same passages of the stories and the way they're laid out. You'll see them in all Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, cor- corresponding to each other. So Luke takes the same passage, but he changes it up with one word that I like. Luke says, 
basically the same story is the same account. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me daily, daily. Okay, let's go on from here. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? If you want to try to save your life and to build your life, what Jesus is saying is in the end, you'll lose it all. If nothing else, you'll die. And then what will happen? Everything will be lost. The only thing you take into life beyond death is your relationships. What kind of relationships will you have? Usually people who struggle their life to get a lot of power or wealth or fame or notoriety, their relationships are in bad shape. But in the end, you're going to lose it anyway. And the only relationship that matters in death is your relationship with God. But if you struggled and, and work to build a life of your own, the, the, the end game is not very good. But if you choose to give your life to God in Christ, and you go ahead and do it and die to yourself, you will gain a life. God, this is a promise. You will save it. Life for me will save it, will have it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and lose their very self? Let's go back to the prior verse of verse 923. So taking up the cross daily. Well, Victor, how do we do this? How do you, if the cross means death, and again, when I talk about death, I'm not talking about dying and being having a funeral service. That's not the kind of death I'm talking about. Talking about death in Christ. And Paul... We're going to go to Paul in a little bit in um, Philippians, but death is death and life go hand in hand in God's economy. In our economy, we think death is the end. Once you die, it's it. But in God's view, death and life are hand in hand, just like heaven and earth are hand in hand, just like God and man are hand in hand. Male and female, hand in hand. To become one. Then um, to become one, and then out of the one comes another one, becomes three. So death and life, death and resurrection are complementary in God's economy. So when Jesus is talking about death, he's talking about death to your old self. Death to what Victor wanted in his life. Death to my plans and my agenda. Death to the way I wanted to run my finances. Death to the way I wanted to run my personal life. Death to the way I wanted to run my relationships. Death to the way I wanted my own, I wanted my own kingdom. And for a while I thought I had built it, but it was all built on sand. And one day the bank came and took it away. And one day the court came and took it away. And one day the doctor came with a report in his hand and began to take it away. So there was my kingdom being taken away by a bunch of professionals. <laughs> an attorney, a doctor, and a judge. Um, and that is, that, that's a death process. 
And Je- that's where I met Jesus fully, more fully than I had thought. I grew up in church. Many of you, have, most people who watch Christian television have an experience with church. Many of you resonate with this. But life is hard. And we try to run things, you know, you, you know how we are. Look at, look, look at the life of Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, who screwed up royally. But he was, a, in his own eyes, he was a winner. He could make a lot of things happen. He had four wives, he had 12 sons, including a daughter. And he was running from his brother. And God wrestled with him. And, and Jacob, wouldn't, Jacob, wouldn't, Jacob wouldn't submit. And eventually God had to punch him in the crotch and wound him, irrevocably wound him to get him to submit. And then Jacob even said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And God's like, it's on. But God had to wound him. God had to break him. And it was painful and embarrassing to save him. Jacob died that night and Israel was born. His name changed. Anyway, so when I talk about death, I talk about death in the context of life. So that's why I have to talk about it because this is a season we're in. You and I are in. And if we admit it and can, and can come, you know, rise to the occasion, God promises something new. God promises something new. Out of death comes new life, resurrection life, a life that he creates. Okay? Okay. So Luke tells us daily we are to take up our cross and follow him. Paul deepens this in Philippians. Let's go to the book of Philippians. Philippians was a letter written to a church in Philippi, um, ancient, Greece, ancient Greece back in the, the day. This is Paul writing. Paul was a great preacher, the apostle, self-proclaimed apostle of, of Jesus. No one ordained him. He, he ordained himself. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he started preaching, much to the um, frustration of the apostles, other disciples and apostles. They finally worked it out. He and Peter worked it out. But Paul was a firebrand. He, he was a barn on fire. And he was preaching. And this is a letter he wrote to one of the churches in Philippi. I want to know Christ, is what Paul tells them as he's preaching to them. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Folks, that's what's on offer In death comes resurrection. Jesus preached it, and Jesus demonstrated it for us. Paul, and and almost every letter Paul writes, you'll hear about resurrection. You won't hear about going to heaven when you die or going to hell when you die. You'll hear about resurrection, because that's the Bible. Okay? I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Paul links resurrection and sufferings in the same breath. Right? We all know about suffering. So, my, my encouragement to you, we know sufferings. We're all suffering today. Don't forget about the resurrection part. That's part of the good news. The world will not give you this. The world is clueless. The world laughs at this because they don't understand it. They can't understand it. So I, I understand that. So you just, you know, just take it for what it is. But in Christ, your sufferings and your resurrection are in the same breath, okay? Becoming like him, becoming like Jesus in his death. Okay? The next. And so somehow, Paul can't explain it. 
Paul can't tell us how it happens. Like the atonement, no one knows how it happens. We all have theories. We all try to make, you know, and they're fine. But you, it's a gift you can't explain. Even Paul is, is speechless. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Wow. Okay, let's go on. Not that I have already obtained all this, nor, nor, has, nor have I, nor have you. We haven't obtained it all, or, and we haven't arrived at our goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, nor I, probably nor you. But one thing I do, I love it. Paul gives us a, one takeaway. Forgetting what is behind, yes, and straining towards what is ahead. Amen. Next, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Heavenward meaning in God. I, as I strive towards God in Christ Jesus, all these things will begin to happen in my life. Let's, let's, go, let's read it again. It's so good. Philippians 3 verses 10 says what? I want to know Christ, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the one who came, and Jesus the Christ who poured out his spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. That what was, that's what was poured out on the church at Pentecost. <clears throat> is that, the Holy Spirit. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection. The power of His resurrection is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what raised the body of Jesus to new resurrection life. And that's what's on offer to you as a believer, to the entire world. But you have to believe. You have to receive the gift and believe what, what is the gift, what God tells you. You have to believe His promise. You're going to believe somebody. You're going to believe what the world tells you or you're going to believe what God tells you. And God's, God's word is speaking. I'm, I'm preaching. That's what preaching is, is, is yelling and shouting out what's already, God has already spoken. I'm not saying anything. It's my idea. There's none of this is my idea. This is all out of here. Any preacher, any speaker, any teacher, this is what we're doing. We're telling you what God has said. Do you believe it? Right on. Right on. Hopefully you do, because this is what's on offer. I want to know Christ in His Spirit. Know the power of His resurrection. That's the Holy Spirit. And participation in His sufferings. Well, I already participate in His suffering. That's called daily life. But in Christ, your daily life, your daily sufferings can be transformed. He will take them and turn them into resurrection. Okay, let me go on. Becoming like Him in His death. That's the hard part. And so somehow, Paul says, I don't know, but somehow, just accept the somehow. Somehow, Victor, somehow, even Paul can't explain it. Somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I can't explain it. I don't know. Science can't explain it. You can't prove it. It's not provable. It's beyond fact. It's you believe it. You just believe it. You're going to believe something. Most of us believe lies. And we don't even know it. And we, and we grow into them. And then we look back and we're like, why is my life such a lie? Because you started believing lies. And the lie, most lies are what the world is telling you. But I'm not blaming the world. That's what the world does. They don't know the truth. That's why we're here. That's why Christian television and Christian media and books and pod, all this stuff is wonderful. 
to let people know God loves you. Do you know it? Show enough. Show enough. Follow you. Where did my scripture go? Oh, we're almost out of time. Okay. Well, I've given you enough to keep your brain buzzing. Anyway, let me pray for you. Five seconds. Okay, God loves you. That's my prayer. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Bye. Listen, be sure.